we definitely wasted some time on back and forth going between what did you really mean by that? Where I thought that it was totally obvious what I was mm. trying to explain. And they were saying, no, we don't have a clue what you're trying to say. Right. So I think that if I could go back, I would probably spend more time on um, writing everything out, making it even more detailed than I had and giving them more wireframes and stuff to work with. We are back with another episode of the Cold Star Project, Lean and Mean, the podcast about the unexpected challenges of scaling. I'm here with the founder of SEO Butler, Jonathan Keekbush, and he's in front of his green screen, but I got him in at a time where he's by himself, you see, so we can't turn that on. So we're going again, Lean and Mean here. Thanks for being here, Jonathan. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Jason. That. So I wanted you on the show because you have an experience of growing SEO Butler from totally bootstrapped, right? And yeah. most people who haven't made money yet just want to make a buck, but then they're going to run into some problems as you did. And having you tell them what the problems are is better than me standing on a soapbox or a milk crate and shouting, look, these are going to happen. So I really want to hear your story. So tell us, first of all, what SEO Butler is. Sure. So SEO Butler is a service-based uh, website. We provide services to digital marketers, right? So we do uh, content writing, link building, um, all of that wonderful stuff mm. for people, all from, from the individual little parts and segments of campaigns, all the way to doing everything white label for uh, marketing companies um, on their behalf. Um, we, we grew it right from just one little service to now having a full fleet of services. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's been really interesting to say the least. You know, we're four years old now. We've got mm. a physical office, which is awesome as well. And um, yeah, as you said, lots and lots of teething aches along the way. So originally, what did you start with? You're like, I'm the founder of this company, SEO Butler. Okay, who am I going to get to help me? What am I going to do? What kind of decisions did you make and resources to work with? Sure. So when we when we first started, um, I started it with a friend of mine, um, and we launched as an article writing service with really terrible quality content written in the Philippines. Um, for people that were building out like huge networks of, of sites for link building and that sort of stuff. Um, we then quickly changed course because we realized what the market was after. And um, a, a, little while, uh, a little while later, we then uh, changed again and just became like uh, the high quality service provider. So we realized that what people needed over time was much higher quality content written by either UK or US nationals, basically first, first um, where, where their first language was English, right? Which is ironic because I'm German. Um, but um, throughout that process, my, my business partner left the business and we, we kept having these moments where we really had to reevaluate our processes and our priorities. And that's what became really my biggest fascination is how and when do you identify these moments where you mm. have to step back and look at everything and what do you look at to right. know if you're going to change something, right? And so that was, that's been a really, really fascinating process for us. And one of those big moments has been in just the last year. Well, let's continue with that then. I mean, it's, so talk to us about defining these moments. But first of all, how do you know you're in one? Right. So 
for us, the the biggest sign is customer feedback, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we try to, as a team, keep our finger on the pulse is um, customer service tickets, right? So whenever we get a support ticket, whenever we get an email, whenever we get somebody uh, mentioning us on Facebook, we, we try to keep an eye on what they're talking about and why. And over time, if your team communicates about those customer frustrations, you start to see a trend. Mm -hmm. And rather than putting it off, and this is to take a step back from that, one of the things that initially we thought, and this was very, very um, uh, naive of us, was, oh, the customer is stupid. They just don't understand our website. They just don't understand our service. Why are they not reading that FAQ, right? And then we started to learn that if more than one person is talking about this, then it's probably our own fault. Mm. And so we started looking at why people were making these mistakes or why people were asking these questions and what could we do to improve their experience and so over time, we identified a couple of issues with our service pages, for example. And one of them was that we kept getting asked the same questions. So the first solution to that was that we would just put the FAQs on the product page itself rather than in an FAQ section. And just by doing that, our support tickets halved, right? Mm. And, it was, and it was like this big win and this big light bulb moment of us going, wow, if we just give them what they want, they're quiet and they spend more money. This is great, right? <laughs> So we, um, so we started spending more time analyzing what we could do, and we started building in stuff like heat mapping, visitor recordings, and that sort of stuff to really learn more about the user experience on our site. And over time, we learned that our site really sucked. And that was because from day one of being this little bootstrap project to actually getting, you know, a thousand plus orders a month, we didn't really improve the website that much. We just kept tacking on and trying to put plasters over little wounds that were causing us headaches, right? But what that meant was, and everybody that's ever worked with any CMS will, will agree to this, it results in having about 70 active plugins trying to make the website work somehow and not being all that happy with it. It's slow, it doesn't work, it constantly breaks. And so over time, we... Um, we, we kept putting it down on our to-do list to figure out a, um, a solution to it. And we kept avoiding the big problem, which was that we're going to have to start fresh, right? And um, eventually we bit the bullet and we called a couple of people that we know and trust that are, um, you know, experts in developing big e-commerce. And um, we sat down and we said, look, we, we need your help. We need to figure out how to do this properly from the get-go. And they said, well, the most important thing is that you need to first figure out what your end result is meant to be and what the, the main steps between the, the top of the funnel, the middle of the funnel, and the bottom of the funnel need to look like. And once you, once you can visualize that, you can then figure out all the steps in between. So we realized that one of the big problems that uh, was really holding us back was the fact that none of the, the um, e-commerce systems that are out there were actually built for any of the processes that we use day to day because we're totally digital, right? All of our products are digital. Um, all, most of our products get delivered in form of a PDF report or something like that, maybe a Word doc. So how do you make um, an e-com system that's built to ship t-shirts into this machine that's meant to be selling articles and links and all of that sort of stuff? 
So eventually what we realized is that because of that, we had to build our own order management system on the back of it. And that took the whole big project that was meant to take about two months uh, started that ended up taking about five months. Um, but my God, it, it changed everything for us. So we just launched the site uh, a month and a half ago into the, the public beta, uh, which was amazing. And we've instantly seen a complete change of, of total 180 in buyer behavior. It's insane. It's, it's totally changed everything we do. And it's, you know, the thing is, it's cost us way more money than we initially expected, which is to be expected. Um, but my God, I would do it over and over again. <laughs> All right. So you're just coming off the heels of this um, caterpillar to butterfly transformation. What would you do differently if you could go back in time to the beginning of this process? Um, I tell you what, I think that one of the hardest things for um, someone like, like me or like us to go into a project like that was, of, uh, was definitely the, um, the planning and uh, the, the sort of the wireframing stages and the project mm. planning stages um, because you're only going to get out of developers and designers, etc whatever you give them to work with, right? And so as somebody that has very little programming experience, um, it was very difficult for me to understand what information I needed to give them in order for them to do their job as detailed as possible. So we definitely wasted some time on back and forth going between what did you really mean by that, where I thought that it was totally obvious what I was mm. trying to explain, and they were saying, no, we don't have a clue what you're trying to say, right? So I think that if I could go back, I would probably spend more time on um, writing everything out, making it even more detailed than I had, and giving them more wireframes and stuff to work with. Hmm, okay. So the focus here, I mean, in essence, that website is your product. Right. right. Other things come out of the end of it, but it is the main thing. And so I think reinvesting, boy, that's a decision that people could put off forever. Yeah. And, uh, and right. And we don't, we, it took us three years of making a hell of a lot of money and investing it into better furniture in the office mm -hmm. and more employees and all of these things. But never did we go, the main vehicle that drives this business deserves to have this investment, which just mm -hmm. blows my mind when I look back at it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's like upgrading from a moving truck to a, to a big uh, rig, right? Right. And uh, this is the main thing you're doing is hauling, right? Yeah, we can get a better car wash or something like that, right? Or more, more truckers or something. But this product needs to be improved. And... Uh, that, that is a point of view that not enough people have, I think. I hope that yeah. uh, people, people take the understanding of that and going, like I'm still selling a product from, I made it in 2013 and it's a sales training program. Sales hasn't changed, right? The principles that I express are the same, sure. but maybe it ought to be updated, right? Right. Because it's, it's five years later now and uh, the way it's delivered could be better, I think. The content is good. Right. Uh, so, and so similarly with what you were doing, the content is good, right? The output is good, but the whole process by which you're interacting with the customer and the nuts and bolts of how things operate inside. Now you mentioned you wished 
that you could provide the programmers with more detail. Like, that, folks, they'll make stuff. They'll make pages for you. Right? Oh, yeah. They can make pages, right? Uh, the question is, is it going to be useful? Or, or are they going to make out a tree of some kind and then you're going to go, no, that whole branch there needs to come off because that's completely wrong, right? So we all assume, um, even if we're pretty good at it, uh, like that everybody thinks the way that we do. Um, fact is, almost nobody thinks the way that we do as individuals or has our unique experience or something. And so I'll walk into department stores sometimes and ask a question and some lady that works there might flip out at me or something because she just is inundated with this stuff every day and I have to remind them look I could pick you up like a UFO abduction and take you somewhere where you're completely out of water here right and that can happen to us right at any time where we can end up somewhere where we just don't know what the heck is going on or what the terminology is or anything like that so a programmer is great at making this stuff but as you said, you know, it's like garbage in, garbage out, good quality in, good quality out. And so a big takeaway, I would say, for anybody watching or listening is write everything down. Not enough people write their processes down. When did you begin to write your processes down? So we, we started very early with the individual processes for, um, for individual products but we never tied it together into this one overarching um, process of from the moment that the order gets placed to when it's delivered. Mm. Excuse me. We, we only ever did, oh, it's been ordered. Now here's what we need to do. And here are the SOPs for uh, team members and, you know, and th those kind of things. But what, what we never really thought about were, the, the questions that the, the different um, uh, visitors would have and what their proof that like their persona would be and why would they have these questions and what would it mean to them if we could answer them or you know what would it mean so a great example of that is we um, we create business citations so essentially business listings in uh, the, the mainstream directories like the yellow pages etc for businesses and in order to do that, we need you to fill out like 20 fields or something, right? So it's a hell of a lot of fields because we need to know everything about your business from the opening times to who founded it, to a description, to the location, all of these things. Well, on our old site, you would have to fill that out every single time. Now, most marketers send those citations to their customers at a rate of say 15 listings every month so that they can report on them and it's a great deliverable. Well, that would mean that every month they would have to fill out 20 fields times the amount of customers that they have um, in order to do so. Well, with the new site, what we built in is a, is a way for them to add their customers to their profile and just select the customer during checkout. So that now they just click, I want 15 citations for this customer, off you go. Right. And so these little things, we, we only really learned them once we started talking to our customers, reviewing their behavior on the website and stuff like that. And that was just a, a, a real we had to change our mindset around the way that we looked at our own site, basically. There's the key phrase right there. Yep. Change your mindset about how you look at your own site. I did a solo episode talking about how to get the biggest bang for your buck and uh, my thesis in there that I'm presenting to the listener is 
the place where you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck in your business is, is the thing you already think you've taken care of. Yeah. And you understand because you're, yeah. you have a blind spot to it. You're like, Oh no, I'm not going to look there. Yeah. I've already got it handled. I'm going to look at this tire fire over here in front of me. That's so <laughs> illuminating and interesting and whatnot. But the thing is you've been existing without handling the tire fire. You've been living without handling the tire fire, right? It can go on a little bit longer, right? <laughs> but there's right. probably huge room for improvement in the thing that you've already walked away from thinking, okay, I got that taken care of because it's bearable. It's, it's not necessarily comfortable, but you can stand it. Right. Right. So, I, um, think, I think too, Jason, that the thing is that we, we constantly think that, we need to innovate in order to create more revenue. And, and you know, I think that the, the, the biggest problem that people have is that they refuse to um, exponentially scale what they're already good at, which is, I think, what you just said anyway. But, you know, the thing that's so crazy about it is, is why go into something that has uncertainty mm. when you can maximize something that you already know makes you money? Right. So if I know that I can make uh, a 30% margin or 40% margin or even a 10% margin, I can live with it in this one product and service. Why not scale that rather than go into something else where I don't know if I can even pull it off. Right. And the, the question that I always ask myself, because we get asked all the time, when are you going to go into this? When are you going to mm -hmm. go and start doing this to start doing this? I always say, well, the way that I look at it is SEO Butler currently, doesn't even have 1% of the market cap of the industry that we're in. Why should we start pursuing all of these other things? You know? Right. Just to give people a sense of scale, what's, what is about the amount that you invested in the website redesign? So we spent just over $30,000. Um, and those, and I have to say, those are mates rates. So this is with developers giving us really good rates because mm -hmm given them work for, for other contracts in the past. Um, so because, you know, because we use them to outsource to for, for web dev work and that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, it, I think that retail, uh, it would probably be 40 or 50 easily. Right. And that does not take into account the time of yourself and people yeah. writing things down, meetings. Oh. Meetings. Exactly. No, <laughs> that's it. Clarifications, right? right? Exactly. That's, that's the big thing. So, the, well, the, the funny thing about it too is that you know we spent um, about eight thousand USD just alone on getting the design right, hmm. um, which you know, in the past was probably more than I had spent on building any other version of the site, and so the difference that we saw in the quality of design that came back and the designer actually understanding what we were trying to do was just mind blowing. Right. Uh, I was, before I moved from Vancouver to the States, um, I was business development manager for an IT firm and we did mass managed services and custom programming. And uh, of course I was doing sales stuff. <laughs> so uh, being, the translator to talk with clients to translate the English into tech speak <laughs> and yeah. really understanding, okay, what, what architectural possibilities are there here and how do I explain what that person wants to a programmer? Uh, was, it was a really fun role. Um, yeah, I don't, 
I think anybody could do it, but you need some experience. Oh yeah. To, to be I, able I, to I believe you. Well. Yeah. You've had yeah. some now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, and I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to do it for a living. I can tell you that. <laughs> so cool. Uh, so what's next for SEO Butler? What are, what are things on the horizon? You've got, you just launched this new thing. So I guess there's some QA phase that's going on in there and what else? Yeah, for sure. So, so right now our main focus is, um, you know, we've, we've launched a new site, now we're collecting data all over again to understand how to improve upon it because it's such a drastic change from the last version that we can't really adapt too much of that old data to the, the new site. Um, hmm. So now we're collecting new data, we're doing new customer interviews to, to learn about how they're engaging with the site, etc. Um, but moving forward, we want to improve on the services that we're already doing being able to you know, do larger volumes. We have a, a goal to hit 100 writers by the end of this year, which is very exciting. Um, you know, there's, there's loads of little things that we're doing, but I think that the biggest thing that we're working on is we're building a campaign manager on, um, on SEO Butler, which is gonna be very exciting, uh, enabling users to essentially manage their entire SEO campaigns on the site. Um, rather than having to uh, go into 17 different tools and you know pull it all together and then forgot about forget about three different Excel sheets and all of that, so um, we'll we'll see how that turns out. But yeah, that's going to be a couple of months from now. Very cool. All right. Uh, well, let's wrap up. It, uh, one more question. Sure. <laughs> what is? I'm wondering if you have a bit of advice for uh, somebody who's watching or listening who has developed a business. They've proven the concept, so they're getting buyers, and they're they're past that point of survival now. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of the people are making two thousand dollars a month or less and kind of struggling, right? If they're past that point, they're making four, six, ten thousand dollars a month, and they're flush with the cash that is new to them, right? And it's probably going out just as quickly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> especially with unexpected expenses, right? Happening sure. as you scale. What would you recommend that they, uh, if not directly look at and focus on next, what should they be thinking about as an upcoming next move? I think that the, the main thing that they should probably be looking at are their systems and processes in order to um, continue to provide their services at such a level, but also to free up their own time because most of the people that have just gotten to that level are probably still doing a lot of the work themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so my most important next step would be to try and find people to hire um, that can replace you in your day-to-day -day tasks mm -hmm. and then focus on marketing your product or service so that you can continue to scale it. You already know everything that you need to do to deliver this product and get good feedback. Otherwise, you wouldn't have scaled to that level. So hire somebody to take over the day-to-day -day tasks that they can do and then focus on growing the business so that you can make more money. Right. And write it all down, people. And write it down. If you That's need it. help, <laughs> here's the plug. If you need help developing your systems and SOPs and that, you should come and talk to us at Cold Star Tech. That's what we do. And we typically work with larger organizations, but if you're in the position of never having done this before, heck, I'm sure you would have liked some, uh, some expert help on your side talking to these programmers and figuring out, okay, what am I gonna do about the design and how do I translate what's up here to something that gets onto the screen, right? Exactly. Awesome. Um, where can people go to find out more about you and SEO Butler? Um, SEObutler.com, that's the one. 
right. Well, very good. My guest today has been the founder of SEO Butler, Jonathan Keekbush. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Jason.